Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. I am currently in my closet, um, filming this podcast, or excuse me, recording this podcast because my roommate is watching TV in the living room, and uh, this is my attempt at soundproofing. Um, if you hear anything in the background, she is watching All American on Netflix. I'm unfamiliar with the show. Evidently, there's three seasons. That this is I'm all the information. Familiar. This is all the information I have. Uh, from what I understand, I guess it's kind of like a Friday Night Lights, but in that situation, Friday Night Lights is also on Netflix, so I would just watch Friday Night Lights again. Well, yeah, maybe she wanted to change it up. No, absolutely not. I don't change anything up. Mm-hmm. That is why I am re-watching New Girl, slowly but surely, whenever I'm cooking dinner. Oh, yeah. Actually, I've been, I, uh, watching, I've been watching Paris Hilton's cooking show, and it's pretty um, funny. I watched the first episode of Outer Banks. It was so terrible. Uh, I told Brandon that I could not watch any more of it, so I told him if he wanted to watch it, he could watch it on his own. Uh, so yeah, I, I forgot how silly it was, because it's all over a hidden treasure, and you know... Maybe if I was a teenager, I would have been like, oh my god. But yeah, I can't. So, sorry for this Outer Banks slander, but there it is. Well, so here's my thing about Outer Banks. First of all, I feel like Brandon will like it. Just just knowing Brandon and his taste in movies and TV shows, he'll probably enjoy it. Second of all, my issue with the Outer Banks is not the treasure, because that part actually interests me. My issue is... With the both seasons, you got these treasures. These people are trying to kill you. But by all means, let's argue about stupid high school things. Like, does he like me? Does she oh, like yeah. me? Like, no, bitch. Who cares? Just find the treasure. But that being said, I have watched both seasons. And I will watch season three. Because at this point, it's a guilty pleasure for me. It's so shitty. The acting is so bad. With the exception oh, of, like, yes, the adults. With the, with the exception of, like, the adults. I feel like the adults are giving pretty good performances. Um, but they're seasoned, seasoned actors. But uh, it's just so terrible. I originally started watching it because I am from uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Well, technically Carolina Beach. Woohoo! And the guy who wrote The Outer Banks is from my hometown. And so it's technically based off of my hometown. And you can tell if you're from the area because they use certain phrases and landmarks that are in the Outer Banks. So figure eight is not anywhere near the Outer Banks for, for those who want to know. Uh, uh, I don't want to shit on him, but uh, I also don't think the writing is that great. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. But <clears throat> it, it, it has really sucked me in. Um, it's pretty crappy though. I will give it to him. But you know what? It's a good quarantine watch. So if you get quarantined, perhaps watch that <laughs> while you paint your house. That's what I did last year. Yup. Um, but if you're curious as to why you're here, um, this is a podcast. And this mm-hmm. is a podcast called This Is Gonna Sound Weird. Mm-hmm. And, and this podcast, I swear to God, every week, Taylor. 
I wasn't sure if we'd like said our names yet, and I couldn't remember. But you paused. I did. Let the record let let the record show. She paused, which was going to give me (laughs) the opportunity to say, "Hi, I'm Sydney, one of your co-hosts. Who are you?" I'm Taylor, your other co-host that can't pick up on social cues. Yes, God, she's terrible. Don't take her to a party. Don't. She'll embarrass you. Um, and each week we argue. And sometimes we talk about all things true crime, paranormal, and everything in between. And each week we have a different theme about, you know, something paranormal or true crime. This week's theme is... Medieval murders. Dun, which dun. is a this is a topic that Taylor came up with, and when I asked her last week how she came up with it, she just liked the fact that it had alliteration. So exactly, yeah, that's about it. Um, now before we start, I did want to mention this. I know we've already talked about what we watched on TV, but I I wanted to talk about something else that I watched on TV. So if you are in the Facebook group, you may know. If you're not, you won't know. Um, I recently watched The Pet Cemetery, the one that came out in 2019. Now, I have never read the book or watched the first movie. So, I didn't even know the plot. I, like, generally knew what was going to happen. Um, and I'm not sure how I feel about the movie. Like, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. But when I was watching it, they mentioned Wendigos. And I was like, oh, my God. When they came on the screen, I grabbed Brandon. I said, oh, my God. I know him. He was like, what? I the Wendigo. He was like, what? And I was like, Sydney just covered this on our last episode. Uh, so if anybody's watched it, let me know what you thought about it. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I got a lot of... I watched these scary movies and I'm like, do I have good taste, bad taste? It was like an easy watch. Like, I would recommend watching it if you just kind of want to watch a little movie. Um, have you watched it, Sydney? I have not watched the remake. I watched the original many, many moons ago. Uh, But, you know, as I have stated, with Stephen King movies, they are either very, very good or they are terrible. There's really no in-between. And, you know, I think it also depends on perhaps... It definitely has to do with the budget. Because if you have a higher budget, it's just going to be a better film. Because Stephen King has movies that are tv made and they're just not good like oh and also when they try to make it like fresh and new like i like the original carrie it's really good the acting is pretty decent but they tried to redo it and they had that that one girl and then they had that guy from the fault in our stars and that movie sucked it is so bad well, I will have to say, in the Pet Cemetery, the little girl, spoiler alert if you don't know the story, uh, but the little girl who turns, you know, into the little devil girl or whatever, mm-hmm. after she comes back from the dead, her acting as, like, a normal little kid, it was, like, okay, but personally, as a non-actor, I think her acting as a devil girl was great. She was really selling it to me. So, kudos to her, whoever you are. I really enjoyed your devil little girl acting. You really have a talent for that. Um, because I was just thinking, I was like, this little girl is just stealing the show. 
Yeah, which honestly, I think that sometimes kids honestly act better than adults. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've seen Stranger Things. Those kids, excellent. Amazing. And a lot of those kids, or a few of those kids are in, uh, what's that movie? It. The it remake. Yeah, that which that's mm-hmm. a very good, that's a good remake. Oh, yes, it is. But anyways, that was my uh, thoughts on the Pet Cemetery. Let me know what y'all think. As you know, I put out two polls on Instagram about Midsommar and Hereditary. Uh, it seemed that people liked Hereditary. I don't know why. Uh... But I guess you're entitled to your own opinion, even if it's wrong. <laughs> I put out a I put out a poll because I watched the trailer to the another remake of Candyman, which is uh-huh. either written it's either written or directed, or it might be written and directed by Jordan Peele, and I am very excited about that. It looks actually real good. So it looks scary. I was at the gym when the trailer came on on the treadmill, and I got spooked in like broad daylight in the middle of a gym. So yeah, it'll do it. It'll do it. It's gonna make me avoid mirrors even more than I already do. Yeah, but we we should watch it together when it comes out. We'll live stream it. (laughs) Oh God. Uh, but let's get into it. I'm excited to hear your story okay. um, regarding okay. alliteration. Yes. So, my medieval murder, my MM, if you will, uh, I'm doing it on Charles the Good, who I think is also known as Blessed Charles the Good, or Blessed. Bless his, <laughs> Bless his heart. Bless his heart. So, my source is Wikipedia. I use the Charles the Good page, uh, the surf page s-e-r-f uh the beatified page and the guinemare of boulogne page historycollection.com it's an article die by the sword these six medieval murders changed the course of history by lindsay stidham and britannica.com so charles the good was born in denmark around 1084 and he had two sisters who were twins that were named Inborg and Cecilia. His father was King Canute IV, also known as Saint Canute, and his mother was Adela of Flanders. However, in a I'm a robot that just like shut down. <laughs> However, in 1086, just a few years after Charles's birth, his father was assassinated in the Odin's Cathedral. And that is the end of my story. That was a murder that took place in medieval times. Oh, wow. Short and sweet. I like it. On to the next one. <laughs> okay. I'll continue. Uh, just for the sake of everyone hearing my voice. Um, it, so if Adela you took, if you If I must. Uh, so Adela took Charles and fled back to Flanders, uh, where she was from. But she left her two daughters in Denmark. So she was like, bye, y'all. Uh, so Charles grew up in Flanders in the comital court of his grandfather, Robert I of Flanders, and his uncle, Robert II of Flanders. But in 1092, Adela, who was Charles' mother, left for southern Italy to marry a man named Roger Borsa, who was the Duke of Apulia. And she left Charles behind in Flanders under the care of his grandparents. So she was like, fuck them kids, I'm out of here. I'm going to marry me a duke. So, his mama, she gone. 
Uh, now, in the early 1100s, around 1107 or 1108, Charles, uh, you know, he's, he was older at this point, he started fighting in the Crusades with a fleet of English, Danes, and Flemings, or uh, I don't know if it was, Fle it says Flemings, but for some reason I thought it was Flemish, but apparently it's Flemings, uh, which could have possibly been the fleet of Guimer of Boulogne, which was apparently a pretty famous, like, crusade fleet, um, because Guimer Boulogne was a pirate who played a role in the first crusades, and he did have a fleet of the same, uh, types of people that were in Charles's fleet. So, you know, he was out there fighting for the Lord Jesus Christ. God, um, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you for your service. God bless him. Uh, God bless America. Was America a thing at that time? No, it was not. Well, it existed, no. but it don't well, think it, it had was. a name. The United States of America was not a thing, but the continent was a thing, and it had people on it. We went to public um, school, so we know a thing or two. <laughs> I know a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... You think uh, after taking constitutional law, now going on two semesters in law school, I'll know a little bit more. Uh, no. huh, and you don't know your right. Jokes on you everybody. She don't know when the United States was formed, and she do not know her rights. Mm -mm. So during this time, while fighting in the Crusades, Charles was offered a crown to the Kingdom of Jerusalem, but he refused uh, for unknown reasons. Which I'm like, mm, you could have had it all, man. The Holy Land. Uh, but then around 1111, Robert II died. And uh, Robert's, Robert II was Charles's uncle, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was his uncle. So, after he died, Charles's cousin, Baldwin VII of Flanders, took over as the Count of Flanders. Charles ended up being a close advisor to Baldwin, um, who's the new count, and around 1118, the count arranged the marriage between Charles and the heiress of the Count of Amiens, who is named Margaret of Claremont. And so he got married. Also, I must say, reading these uh, years out loud is more awkward than I expected. Because um, I read them and I'm like, I don't even know how to say it. So, it's just, when you... Because I want to, because, you know, 1998, but this, I'm like, 1,118. I was like, but they might have called it that. I don't know. The crazy ones are, like, the ones where it's, like, the year 700, 7, yeah, 701. Like, the year 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, while Charles did not take the crown to the kingdom of Jerusalem, he did become the Count of Flanders. This was because his cousin, Baldwin VII, was wounded while fighting at the Battle of Bruges and Bray in September of 1118. And because Baldwin had no children, he designated Charles to be his successor. But Charles's transition into his role as Count uh, was not smooth and even sparked a civil war. In the end, though, he was victorious and he secured his position by treating his rivals with mercy. 
So when Charles became count, one of his first acts in 1125 was when he expelled all of the Jews from Flanders. And I said, yikes. Um, so not great on that part. Um, no. He thought that they were price gouging. Um, and this was the cause of suffering during the famine that was affecting the area at the time. Um, during this famine, though, Charles did distribute, he would go out and give bread to the poor and work to reduce the price gouging of grains. And he also worked to prevent people from hoarding grains. So, I mean, that part's good. You know, the, the people back then, you know, what can you do? But basically, it sounds like his people were starving and he was trying to help them. Uh, it sounds like, you know, they were having, I guess when you got a famine, all you got is grains. So you're trying your best. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I get hangry, so. Oh, hell yeah. However, uh, by doing this, he ruffled some uh, feathers in Flanders, specifically with the very influential Arambald family. So Charles specifically started proceedings to reduce the power that this influential family had by trying to stop them from price gouging and overpricing the grains that I guess they were selling, uh, which was continuing this issue of famine in Flanders. He went so far as to reduce them to the status of serfs which, as you may or may not know, is basically peasants. Mm -hmm. So he was like, I'm going to take y'all down a peg. Not only a peg, I'm taking y'all all the way down to the bottom. Uh, this move, though, did not prove to be a very good one by Charles because Bertolf Fitzimbald, which I assume was just a member of that family, he was the provost of the Church of St. Donatin, uh, he plotted a conspiracy to assassinate Charles and his advisors. So, on the morning of March 2nd, 1127, which was Ash Wednesday, Charles was at the church of St. Donatian and was kneeling in prayer when a group of knights entered the church. These knights were working on the orders of the Arambald family. When they entered the church, they walked up to Charles and hacked him to death with broadswords. Oh <laughs> yeah. And there's like a little, you know, medieval drawing of this incident. Uh, that is really, it's giving me Caesar vibes. Yes, yes. Also, he was, heck, he was in prayer kneeling at the church that this guy like, you know, was like over. It's very uh, interesting. But this murder was met with public outrage because the people saw it as a sacrilegious murder because they revered Charles as a religious figure in the community. So following his death, the community immediately regarded him as a martyr and a saint, and he was formally beatified in 1882, which is basically, I'm not Catholic, but it's a recognition by the Catholic Church um, of a person who's died and it's like their entrance into heaven. Um, and this is a quote. Uh, it gives them the capacity to intercede on behalf of individuals who pray in his or her name. And you can refer to those who have undergone the process of beatification. Um, you can put the word blessed in front of their name. Uh, and a lot of popes will go through this process after they die, you know. 
So it's basically seems just like a like a formal recognition you get when you die. So kind of like a it, saint, but maybe not a saint. Is this still a thing that they do today, or is this just something they did back in the day? I think they still do it today. It seems like they do. Because um, I know the I, around around this time, they were also basically doing it where the church was like, hey, you can pay to get into heaven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what was I that know. called? I can't remember what that was called. Y'all, yeah, y'all I think they still do it today. Because it says, on the Wikipedia page, it says that Pope Jean-Paul II, um, he beatified more people. He did it. It happened in 2011, at least. So, I think it's a thing that still goes on today. Uh, if you're Catholic and you know more about this than me, call in. Uh, we don't do this in the Baptist church, so I don't know too much about it. We do Basically, not, we Charles do is that. a... Charles is a good dude, and they wanted everybody to know it forever, so he got this uh, special, special thing done. But following the murder, the family that had planned and carried out this murder were besieged in the castle of Bruges by both commoners and nobles who were enraged on what had happened, and all of the conspirators were captured, and they were all tortured to death. So, justice in medieval justice. Yikes. And even King Louis VI of France supported this uprising. He was like, yeah, go get him. Um, and he used his power and influence to appoint a man named William Clito as the next Count of Flanders. And that was the story of Charles the Good, the man who was hacked to death by broadswords while kneeling in prayer. R.I.P. Uh, yikes. Not the way I would like to go. I'd like to go ahead and put that on right No, no, no. I mean, broadswords, from what I saw, were pretty large. So I don't foresee people making it very far into a church. And honestly, if you're coming into my hometown church, uh, then people packing in church. So you ain't going to make it far with a broadsword. <laughs> There's this yeah. one family who literally comes comes in uh, open carrying guns to church like every every Sunday and I'm like well okay it is what it is y'all been coming here for what 40 years might as well <laughs> yep uh now if you went up into a non-denominational church with broadswords they might be like hey hey man hey um uh, my name's Derek uh is this your first time <laughs> yeah so unfortunately we don't allow broadswords um but if you go over to the first connections table, they'll be definitely able to hold those for you until the end of the sermon. Okay, thanks so much. Maybe they'll they just be think wearing it's like skinny jeans and vans. Maybe they're like, oh my god, is this like a bit? Are we doing like something fun today? Something fun. This is for the youth group. Then, <laughs> this is, is this for the, are you part of the youth group? Are you in that um, Jesus LARPing group? <laughs> yes um oh god th- this is off topic well kind of on topic but if none of y'all have listened to the podcast mega that is it's essentially <laughs> like kind of like about a mega church and it is very good yes oh my gosh it is amazing they get like guests every week and it's like um it's like improv mm-hmm. but in podcast form it's it's very good it's pretty good. If you if like uh, for- satirical comedy on the mega church uh, 
like complex, you'll love it. Mm-hmm. All right. So my story is going to be on the princes in the tower. And let me okay. just go ahead and say, uh, you know, Taylor, I don't know if you, when you were thinking of this catchy little name for medieval murders, if you took into account that <laughs> record keeping wasn't a huge thing <laughs> in medieval time. <laughs> I because I was like scouring the internet for information and um, didn't get much, but I'll tell you what I got. Also, because, okay. like, the medieval time, there was just so many murders, but, like, nothing was written down. So, like, I wanted to do something <laughs> on witch trials in the medieval period because I know that they existed. But it's not like in Salem how everything was, like, written down and it was a bigger deal. They basically yeah. were just like, this lady didn't have dinner ready when her husband came home. She's a witch. Got a burner. <laughs> like, you know. You know what I mean? Like, or they would just, like, go and, like, kill, like, massive amount of women and be like, they were all witches. Don't yep. know what you wanted to say about it. So, this is a story that I was able to get some information on. So, and the places okay. that I got this information from was Wikipedia, Historic Royal Palaces on YouTube, and Royalty on YouTube. So, on April 9th, 1483... King Edward the Fourth of England died unexpectedly of an illness. They didn't specify what it was. Perhaps it was a cold. Uh, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he just had an upset tummy. He needed some Pepto. They didn't have it back then. So, the king's brother, Richard, Duke of Gloucester, went to York Minister to publicly pledge his loyalty to his new king, who was Edward, the 12-year-old son of Edward IV, and his name was Edward V. Before nice. his death, King Edward designated Richard as Lord Protector, which basically means that, like, Richard would act as King of England until his son, Edward V, could be old enough to rule. Oh, yeah, yeah. So basically like a substitute teacher. So, now Edward's mother's side of the family wanted to keep the crown within the family essentially. So they wanted young Edward to get crowned king as soon as possible. So that their family could remain in power. Because basically, you know, back then you either married or that was about it you married into power or you were born into it so they wanted to make sure that this little 12 year old kid had that crown on his head within a week however when young edward is brought to meet his uncle richard his uncle on his mother's side and guardian uncle woodvale did not meet at the agreed upon location it's basically like Edward's uncle Woodvale was his guardian and he was like yo Mm -hmm. other uncle Richard please meet us and we will go and get this whole thing straightened out get his coronation you know put together but you know of course people are doing some shady shit doesn't show up at the correct time so Richard had him arrested 
So had the other uncle arrested because he was like, you're trying to screw me over. You're doing some shady shit. And so Uncle Woodvale is put to death. And Edward is taken into the custody of his uncle Richard. So things are already off to a pretty rocky start. So Prince Edward and Richard arrive in London together as plans of Edward's coronation were underway. However, the date of his coronation had been postponed from May 4th to the 25th of June. And Edward was lodged in the Tower of London where many monarchs had stayed while awaiting their coronation. Which, like, it was a thing for you to stay in this tower until your coronation, but also seeing how Uncle Richard was acting, uh, young Edward was also just kind of being trapped. Just being held custody. Uh-huh. And on June 16th, Edward's younger brother, nine-year-old Richard of York, joined him in the tower. But at this point, the date of Edward's coronation had been indefinitely postponed by their uncle, meaning they would stay in the tower for, you know, an unknown period of time. Basically, they, they're like, we're going to stay in this tower. We don't know when the coronation is going to happen. We don't know if we're ever going to get out of this tower. So, the courts, per the request of uh, Richard, adult Richard, not little nine-year-old Richard, um, are beginning <laughs> to gather evidence to determine the legitimacy of Edward, young Edward, claim to the throne. Which, I feel like the courts didn't really need much convincing to look into the reasons not to make Edward king, because his mother, Elizabeth Woodvale, was a commoner who had married King Edward IV in secret. So she had surpassed a lot of people in power simply by marriage. And these are people that probably had more claim to the throne than her son, you know. Maybe they worked in Parliament mm -hmm. or, you know, they had a higher status. And here comes this random little commoner who marries King Edward and now her kids are going to be king. So, I think it didn't take much convincing for them to look for a reason to uh, get the little boy off the throne. And, on Sunday, June 22nd, a sermon was preached by Dr. Ralph Shea, claiming Richard to be the only legitimate heir, sorry, old Richard, of the House of York. <laughs> and on June 25th, a group of lords, knights, and gentlemen petitioned Richard to take the throne. Both Edward and his brother, Little Richard, were declared illegitimate by Parliament after it was determined that Edward IV and Elizabeth Woodvale's marriage was invalid because Edward's pre-contract of marriage with Lady Eleanor Butler. So, Richard mm -hmm. Gloucester was crowned King Richard III of England on July 6th. Sorry, it's very... I don't... The royal family, I don't understand. Like, can we not just have, like, a regular name, like, Sean, Josh? Why does it always got to be, like, Edward, <laughs> the, Edward the 11th, Richard the 7th? Like, come up with something original. Yeah, because then it's confusing because I guess they think we're keeping the family name alive. But, you know, when we get to this point in history, you got a million Elizabeths. I mean, you could ask me, who's Elizabeth the whatever and i'll be like i got no idea like queen elizabeth right now i don't know what number she is and i don't know who came before her now if they named her something like i don't know something something spicy like june jacqueline i don't remember that <laughs> jacqueline 
Taylor. Taylor's a very spicy name. <laughs> spicy. Yeah, I don't switch know. Switch it up. But, uh, I mean, uh, hell, even Meghan Markle's little baby, his name is Archer. Was it Archie? I think that is technically, yeah, cute. Um, like, it's supposed to be short for Archibald, but, you know, that's something different. That's a little spice. What's the other baby's name? Not their baby, but the the other royal people's baby. George. I don't know his name. George. No. Just all these basic Basic. royal family names. (laughs) Basic ass names. They need to take uh, a page out of Gwyneth Paltrow's book, name their child Apple. Prince Apple. I, I saw a girl on TikTok yesterday who somebody was like, hey... Uh, if you have another baby, like, what will your baby names be? And she, like, posted all these. And one of, like, she's posted, like, a list of her pointing in a bunch of different names. And one of them was Coconut. One of them was Raspberry. And then somebody <laughs> was in the car. Con- and people were like, what the hell? This is so crazy. And somebody was like, Gwyneth Paltrow literally named her kid Apple. And I was like, damn, I didn't know that. But it's come up twice to me in the past two days. Yeah. Oh, Gwyneth uh, Paltrow. She freaks me out. Uh, yeah, she's an odd gal. Um, coconut? I don't know about it. All I think about is Coconut Head from Ned's Declassified. <laughs> no. So, despite being crowned king, not everyone was quite on board with this new monarch. So, Richard went on a tour of the country to try and show good face and get people on his, you know, to see him in a good light. Because, honestly... Up until this point, he had been doing some shady shit, trying to get on the throne, and people were like, this guy is a little sketchy. So, while he is on tour, there is an attempt to free the two princes from the tower where they had been for months, but the attempt was unsuccessful. So, the boys continue to live in the tower where, over the course of several months, they are seen less and less, until they were eventually never seen again. Mancini records indicate that Edward was regularly visited by a doctor who reported that Edward, like a victim prepared for sacrifice, sought remission of his sins by daily confession and penance because he believed that death was facing him. And many historians believe that the princes were murdered by their uncle Richard, although the princes had been eliminated from succession to the crown, Richard's, like, hold on the throne was very insecure due to the way in which he had obtained the crown. Again, doing some, kind of some shady shit, you know? And also, at some point, King Richard had married, like, had basically married his niece. So, young Edward's mm. sister... And so he, you know, it's believed that he killed these boys because, you know, he couldn't let them go because he was going to have to basically re-legitimize them. And in order to do that, that would hurt his wife's claim to the throne and it would basically throw off the whole shebang. So, other than their disappearances, there is no direct evidence the princes were actually murdered only that they were last seen in September of 1483. Nevertheless, following their disappearances, rumors quickly spread 
that they had been murdered and that Richard had been the one behind their death. And Richard never attempted to prove that the boys were alive by having them seen in public, which strongly suggests that they were dead by the time these rumors began. But the weird thing is the boys' mothers, Elizabeth Woodvale, did not make a fuss over her son's disappearances, and there was no funeral, and it seems that she had reconciled with King Richard, which you would think if your brother-in-law had killed two of your sons, the, you know, that would probably put a strain on the relationship. Um, But it it also kind of makes you wonder, you know, were they actually dead? Had she somehow got them out and they were running around free, but, you know, she, you know, was just kind of like sweeping it under the rug. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she sent them off somewhere. But in 1674, the human remains of two small children were found 10 feet down underneath the steps leading to the white tower where the boys had been staying at the time of their disappearance. It's believed mm. that those remains belong to the two boys. King Charles, who was, of course, king at the time when the bodies were found, buried the two bo- remains in Westminster Abbey. And in 1933, the remains were examined by medical experts who determined that the teeth and bones of one body belonged to a 12 to 13 year old and the other to a 7 to 11 year old. So, from this, it can be inferred that the remains belong to Prince Edward and Richard, the Duke of York. However, all requests for DNA testing have been denied. And to this day, what happened to the boys remains a mystery. And you could consider it a cold case. And it happened, you know, hundreds of years ago. So I would say it's probably the coldest case. Yeah, so they said that the requests for a DNA test were denied. Now, my question is, how do they do a DNA test? Okay, I was also wondering that. But I'm thinking, like, I feel like because the royal family has, like, pretty much a clear line, you know. And also, I think about there's probably a decent amount of incest in the family. You could probably somehow get DNA from the bodies and then compare yeah yeah, compare that with dna of a living royal family member which i can see why they wouldn't want to do that because even though i mean that obviously happened so long ago this point if you did that you'd have to and it came back as you know it matches you'd have to probably i don't know make some sort of statement or you just don't want that out there, so it's probably easy just to be like, no, we don't we don't want to do that. Thanks, Yeah, benefits. and I also wonder about, like, if they did that, how would they obtain DNA to compare it with? Like, would someone in the royal family have to offer up their DNA? You know, would Queen That's Elizabeth let us swab her jaw? Probably not. Yeah, that's another thing. I think with the royal family, you would have to get their permission. I don't think it's going to be a Queen Elizabeth puts her gum in the trash can and the those people with the fuzzy hats run in and grab the gum out of the trash can. You think that Queen Elizabeth chews gum? 
She got to. We all got stank breath sometimes, right? She, you think Queen you think Elizabeth her, ain't got stank breath? You think her teeth are her real teeth at this point, or you think they're dentures? Oh, I'm sure they're dentures. I mean, my grandma's teeth are dentures. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. And yeah, she came from wonder. America where we have, you know, I bet, I don't know. If I was her, I'd get me some veneers. I thought about getting veneers myself already. People with veneers, all the drag queens I follow, they all get veneers and their teeth are so damn white. They're also so damn expensive. <laughs> yeah, I also think about, though, you got to be careful with veneers about staining. So you can't be having no yeah. cigarettes when you drinking, Taylor. Damn. What about coffee? Now, I don't know about coffee. I do know that Queen Elizabeth, uh, not Queen, uh, not Queen Elizabeth, Hillary Duff has <laughs> veneers. Um, sorry, I was trying to Google, does Queen Elizabeth wear dentures? Um, and this says... According to CelebAnswers.com, not sure if it's a credible source, it says that Queen Elizabeth has all of her own teeth and doesn't wear dentures. So. So there's the cover-up. I don't even know if I've ever seen her teeth, so I really couldn't say. I mean, Mm, well, I guess at the same time. Looking at her mouth, yeah, these are definitely her teeth. So, Which I just think all old people... In my mind, I just think all old people have dentures because all the old people in my life had dentures, but I also grew up in rural North Carolina where uh, dental hygiene probably wasn't great back in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she probably had pretty good dental care since she's, you know, the r- queen of England. <laughs> I guess, but she's also lived through, like, all the world wars. Well, go her. You know what? Power to you. We we can barely make it through this Roner virus. This is true. But thank you for listening to my story about these boys who may have been murdered. They think that um, if they were murdered by their uncle, that it was most likely via, like, smothering. You know, like... (gasps) Oh, no. Like, like, Shakespeare, Ophelia style. Oh, yes, yes. Well, thank you for that story. Now, next week, I, during the course of this uh, recording, have thought of a theme. I can, mm. I'll run it past Sydney on the show, live, right. in person. Okay. Uh, so, this one I've come up with, the weirdest crime. All right, I'll go for it. Okay. So, I was thinking, I'll you probably... know, something wacky. Mm-hmm something that maybe not maybe something not as murdery you know yeah it ain't gotta be murdery i listened to uh a sinisterhood episode i've been listening to a lot of sinisterhood i listened to one of their episodes the other day and it was very wacky so yeah weirdest crime you know like something like a scam could be something like a weird ass scam yeah it's up to you how you interpret it i'm thinking you know you know where my mind goes taylor florida man Oh, yeah, yeah. You could probably come up with something good there. Oh, this is also kind of thing. My mom, so my mom still lives in my hometown, and she said that they are filming a movie in my hometown called Florida Man, and it has Jennifer Garner in it, 
And she what? said there are buses driving around town that say, like, Disney World on it. You know? Because, like, they're what? supposed to be filming, like, you... they're, like, they're going it, to Disney World. Out. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's going to be, like, a scary movie, if it's going to be, like, a comedy, but it's called Florida Man. It's got Jennifer Garner in it. Maybe it'll be, like, a, a Tucker and Dale versus Evil type of situation. Oh my god. If you have not watched Tucker and Dale vs. <laughs> Evil, it is so good. I rewatched it this week. <laughs> it's so good. I need to, me and Brandon need to watch it. The first time I watched it, it was like, we were like on vacation. I was like maybe in middle school. And my stepbrother was like, hey, you want to watch Tucker and Dale vs. Evil? And I was like, no, why? And then he put it on and he was like, but it was like one of those things where he kept looking at me to laugh every time and I was like it's a good movie but like you can't keep looking at me and expect me to laugh so I need to watch it again Brandon would like it I'm sure he's never watched it oh it's good I highly recommend um it's real funny it pokes fun at like all sorts of horror movies like Friday the 13th I would recommend yeah I'm going to keep putting poll. I'm going to keep watching movies. Well, I won't be able to watch that many movies now. I'm back in law school. But every time I watch a movie now, I'm just going to take it to Instagram and post a poll. Because I find them fun. Also, they got more engagement than I expected. So, hmm. Tricked yeah, y'all this, into talking this, to me. <laughs> this Instagram page will become a film review page. Um, we're going to stop talking about murder. We're only going to start talking about films. Yeah, but for, like, scary films, I like to know people's takes on scary films, because I feel like I'm not a very good judge of them, um, but... You know who you should talk to? My dad. My dad's the biggest critic of scary films. He'll be like, they just don't make good, good scary movies anymore. But then, I'll go and I'll be like, oh, they don't make good scary movies anymore, so let's watch, like, a classic, like, Friday the 13th. He's like, oh, no, that movie's old as hell. And I'm like, well, damn, what do you want? (laughs) You know, uh, tell what, him to watch what, what, Midsummer and get back to me. Um, I thought about it because I feel like he might think it's interesting, but I just I'm not trying to watch all them old ladies naked with my dad. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I can't because oh, my dad's I'm gonna sorry, my, have... I, also because I know my dad. My dad's gonna be like, God, this country's going to hell. <laughs> Yeah, when we watched it, uh, my step it got to the naked part, and my stepdad was like, "Oh, what are we watching?" I'm like, "We literally just saw a man get his head bashed in on a rock, and this old lady sex is what got to you." <laughs> That's where we draw the line. <laughs> I can deal with some murder, yeah. but not with this. Not, not all these butts. Not all this risque. <laughs> shit i don't know yeah. but yeah if you want to yeah. you know if you want to get in on these polls that we're starting to put out you should follow us on instagram at gonna sound weird pod also you can follow us on tiktok because sometimes we post shit mm-hmm. i've been, been riding uh, the fame of that one tiktok that i posted several months ago i have not oh, yeah. you know been able to match the fame but hopefully one day uh, join our Facebook page. We've actually had a lot of people join the past week. I'm not sure why. I thought some of them may be fake people. 
Uh, they're probably not because I kind of checked them all out to make sure. But please join. Tell your friends. Maybe that's how people found it. So tell your friends about the podcast. That's the best way to get people to listen. Um, let's see. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, preferably. Um, you can send us an email at, uh, this is going to sound weird, at gmail.com. You can really send us anything. Um Except for, you know, a chain email that says, like, you're going to die in seven days if you don't forward this to 80,000 of your closest friends. <laughs> Send this to ten of your favorite girlies to figure out if your crush likes you. Okay, this is kind of sad, but when I was in, like, uh, third grade, no, fourth grade, my uh, dance teacher passed away. And so all the girls at dance were almost competing with each other to see who could create the best and most sad chain email to send around about our dance teacher. And I have my cell phone in fourth grade in class with me. And it was like the first time I'd ever like took it to class. And all of a sudden it was an orange, uh, well then, God, what was that? An orange with a keypad. You know oh, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a sidekick or something. Damn it. Yes, it was orange, one of those, and somehow my book bag got jostled around, and one of the chain emails came through, and somebody had put a song to it, and it was started going something like, in the arms of the angel. And I looked at my teacher, and I was mortified. I thought I was going to get in trouble. Terrible. Uh, so chain, chain text messages, emails, don't send them to me. I have uh, trauma related to them. God. Yeah, um, just for that, um, I'll give you Taylor's phone number if you would like. <laughs> just slide in my Instagram DMs. I'll give you her phone number. You can just send her a... She doesn't want the chain email, so just send her a chain text. No. Uh, anyway, I think that's... Other than email. the chain emails, I think that's it for this week. I think so, too. We will see you next week for... What is it? Wacky crimes? Crazy crimes? Yeah. Weird crimes? Yeah. Weird All crimes? Alright, we'll see you then. Hopefully. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, oh, goodbye. But, but before we say goodbye, stay weird. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye.